Hello everyone and welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast show that covers news, trending industry topics, and reviews on recent game releases. My name is Luke Armstrong and I'm your host. Joining me today is my co-host Adam Beagle. Adam, how are you doing? I'm good. We got a lot of games to talk about, so I'm excited. Yeah, this is a news-packed episode full of announcements. Today we're going to be talking about some of the digital events that we had this past week, including the Devolver Direct, the Stadia Connect, and the Ubisoft Forward. Before we get to talking about all of that stuff, a reminder that the podcast airs every week. Each week, Adam and I discuss the biggest topics in the video game industry and share opinions on new game releases. The show is available on all major podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Just search for Games Are Fun on your podcast platform of choice. If you want to help support this podcast, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you use. If you are one of the many listeners on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving the show a review. Two housekeeping notes. Our Last of Us Part 2 spoiler cast was released last Monday. Adam, Garrett Neely, and myself joined together to jump headfirst into the game story and talk full spoilers. It was a really fun episode to record. Probably one of the best episodes, well, in my opinion, that I I felt that we've done in a long time. It was a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Lots of great discussion on that episode. So please check out that episode once you've beat the game. I'm seeing a lot more and more people finally rolling credits on that game so yeah make sure you you remember save it for later if you're still working through your through the the story and everything and come back to it once you beat it uh ghost of tashima releases at the end of the week which is hot damn (laughs) which is i'm hyped as hell for that game um both adam and myself are going to get it on launch day you can expect some impressions on next week's episode, but we're going to do a review episode similar to Last of Us and some of the other games we've done in the past. Um, so once we can finish that game, which it sounds like it's fairly long, um, I was reading 40 to 60 hours. There, oh, That wow. was kind of like, but again, it kind of was different from person to person uh, yeah. because, you know, some people... You know, streamlined the story, went back and cleaned up side quest stuff. Other people did a mixture of both. So, um, yeah, I I'm not entirely sure how long. I, I'm sure you'll beat it before me, of course. But um, <laughs> but once we get it beat or kind of have a timeline of when we're gonna complete it, uh, we can schedule in when we're gonna record the review. And then once we know that, we'll obviously have an idea of when that will go live. So once we get to that point. You know, we'll let you guys know. And I don't, I think we'll maybe do the same thing with The Last of Us. We'll do one episode that's a review for you from any spoilers. And then we'll get into a spoiler cast because just listening to some of the reviews and reading some of the reviews, the game, you know, it's it's a narrative game. The the focus has a heavy focus on gameplay and combat, but, you know, there's still a strong narrative there from the sounds of it. So I'm sure we'll, we'll, me and Adam will kind of have a discussion on, how we want to roll that out once we get hands-on with the game and and feel it out a little bit more so yeah i do hope that is a little bit more of like a uh, slow burn type of game mm-hmm. where uh you know the gameplay stays fresh enough throughout that it is something that i'll, I'll want to keep playing for right. 40 to 60 hours that would be that would be lovely from what i saw today um the review embargo for those listening the review embargo dropped today uh the time of this recording so all the reviews came in fresh i think it's sitting at like an 85 on metacritic or something like that somewhere around there 
yeah, lots of nines, lots of eights. Um, so it's getting really great scores. But yeah, that was one thing that was common dialogue from the reviews I read was the later half kind of felt a little samey. Um, mm. So I, you know, like I, I, I have really no idea what to expect from it because I, you know, from what what we've seen of that game. I've I've only really seen the E3 stuff and then that most recent state of play. Um, yep. But unlike other games, we haven't seen like a super big deep dive. So yeah, I'm really interested in seeing what the world looks like and what you can do in the game and everything. Um, and yeah, it should be interesting. I, I, everyone that I've heard talk about it and read on Twitter talking about it had really good good things to say about it. So really excited yeah it's um it's it's one that i've been hyped for for a long time I, i've been sold on this game pretty much uh um, oh yeah since we we saw the gameplay trailer at e3 a year or two ago or i guess two years ago yeah um so i i didn't even like i didn't even read any of the reviews the only thing i did is i checked the scores because it is on my <laughs> my fantasy critic team yeah uh, so i wanted to see what the scores look like but i yeah i didn't actually read any of the reviews or so i i have like other than that like i don't know what people's impressions or thoughts are on the game i'm going in i guess uh mostly blind Mm -hmm. yeah it'll be interesting to see once uh the general public get get their hands on it speaking of our fantasy critic i thought it it would be fun to kind of go through that because i can't really remember the last time we talked about it on the podcast it's been a while. Um, it's been a while, I think. I think we've only talked about it once, too, if I think I'm not so, mistaken. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we went over the rosters, yeah. and uh, it was right around the time, it, or it was at least after uh, Warcraft 3 Reforged came out, because we right. were making fun of uh, <laughs> Your brother there, Steven's yeah. negative points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's give an update on it real quick before we dive into the topics. Um, so for those of you who have missed it, there is a site called fantasycritic.games and it's basically like a fantasy league for video game releases so kind of like fantasy football but it's video game focused so instead of having a fantasy team you're you're known as a publisher and you get to draft games how we did it i think it was 10 games wait one two three four five six seven eight nine ten yeah it was ten so we each got to draft 10 games it was a snake draft and uh, we had a couple rules, I think. Basically, if the game end, ends up being uh, not released in 2020 and it's confirmed that it won't release, we can drop the game without penalty. And then I think we're allowed three drops for games that are going to release, but maybe we get cold feet We and expect that game to review poorly. Um, we can drop that, but we can only do that three times. Um so I don't really think any of us have done that yet. Um, a lot I don't of us, think so, no. yeah, because a lot of our picks have been pretty good. So uh, that's kind of how it works. And basically, the scoring system is if a game, every point, or so the the baseline is seventy five, right? And it uses Open Critic, not Metacritic, just uh, another website that you know takes all the critic scores and compiles them and, and gets the average out of that and. So if you got, let's say, a game scored 80 on Open Critic, that would be worth five points, right? Because that's, you know, five from 75, obviously. So that's kind of how... it's from 70, actually. Oh, is it from 70? Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. Looking at uh, my score here, you're right. Uh, so 70 is the baseline. And then anything above 90, so if a game got, uh, let's say, 
90, uh, 95, that's worth 29 points because it actually doubles the amount of points um, after 90. It's Your points are worth two, I think, or something like that. Or, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's, that's what we do. So we have me, Adam, obviously, and then we have uh, your brother, Steven, and then we have Garrett. So yeah, let's just kind of do an update on uh, the games that have scores. So starting with me, I got Gaff Games is the name of my publisher. I had the first pick overall, and I picked The Last of Us Part Two, which obviously got me some good scores. The critic score on that was 94, which gave me 27 points. And then my third pick overall was Neo 2. That got 85, giving me 15 points. Uh, Gears Tactics had an 82, which giving me gave me 12 points. Uh, good old Predator Hunting Grounds. This is the fun one. <laughs> yeah. I uh, got a 57. So that actually gave me minus 13 points because obviously oh, anything man. over under 70 subtracts points. So that was a big loss for me. Honestly, I kind of expected it. I, I It was Ilphonic, Friday the 13th, bit of a janky game, but I was I was just kind of rooting for them that they would... I, I played that game and I think it's fun, but I can understand why it got the score it got. So... Um, and then for my ninth pick, I had Minecraft Dungeons, which unfortunately only got a 72. I think it's better than that. Um, I would agree. Yeah. yeah it's just, it's a really well polished game. So that only gave me a, a measly two points, leaving my total fantasy points at 44. Um, some big ones to look out for. I got Paper Mario, the or- Origami King, which is releasing at the end of this week. Um, Halo Infinite was my number two pick. So I got some games that could help me out there. Watch Dogs Legion, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Um, so that's me. Yeah, you've got, you definitely have a lot of good potential there. I mean, mm-hmm. you have one of the games you just picked up just um, after the draft was uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater yeah, 1 and 2. Too. I think that's going to score really well for you. Yeah, I think so too. Because I feel like that game at the very least will get like an 80. You know what I mean? Because it's... yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I would not be surprised to see that between like 85 and 90. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to Garrett LPP Productions. Uh, Garrett is actually currently sitting in the lead at 67. And if I, every time I look at Garrett's roster, I'm like, damn, he scored some great games. Yeah. It is stacked. (laughs) So he had the second pick overall and he picked Cyberpunk 2077. Um, That was obviously going to go in the first round there. Uh, his second pick was Resident Evil 3, which only got him nine points because it had a critic score of 79. Half-Life Alex was a big pull for him. That scored a 92 and gave him 25 points. Uh, his fifth pick was MLB The Show 20, 84, giving him 14 points. And then way down, he had Dreams, which got a 90, which was a 20 points. So between Dreams and Half-Life, like that's, you know, 45 points right there which is crazy from two two games and he was smart enough to pick up spider-man miles morales and yep. death loop so yeah those are two really big pickups for him he jumped on those uh there's a bidding system basically we each have a hundred dollars to spend and we can bid um the bids last a week and he was smart after the playstation 5 event he went and bid on spider-man miles morales and death loop um, but he, he took some risks. Like he, he drafted Assassin's Creed. And at that point it was just called Assassin's Creed 2020. Like it wasn't even yeah. announced as Valhalla. Mm-hmm. So now he has like a locked in AAA game at like 
what is that? His seventh pick, I think, or yeah, it's, it's one, down two, the list. Three, four, five, six, seven, eighth pick, right? That which is crazy because if we knew that at the beginning of the year, that would have probably went in the first five for, yeah, for exactly. one of us, right? Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna score big. But yeah. but on the other hand, he has Breath of the Wild two, which yeah. probably isn't coming out this year. Probably not. And Dying Light two, which probably isn't coming out this year. Yeah. So he's gonna have to, uh, you know, maybe make some room for potentially less uh, lucrative picks. Exactly. Moving on to Steven, Level Grind Entertainment, third pick overall. He got Final Fantasy VII Remake, eighty-eight. Critic score giving him 18 points. Then he had Animal Crossing New Horizons, which was a 90, 20 points. Ori and the Will of the Wisp was also a 90, giving him 20 points. Uh, Warcraft 3 Reforged um, wasn't as bad as my Hunter or Predator Hunting Grounds, but uh, it only got a 60, so that was a minus 10 points for him. Now, I think at one point it was like a minus 12. Yeah. So it, it has improved it since has, then. Yeah. Yeah, because like you know more critics will review the game later on or they'll they'll drizzle in kind of thing and you know there is chance for improvement like i think my predator hunting grounds was even worse i think i was at minus 15 or something like that so i <laughs> i picked up a couple points but um and then lastly shante and the seven sirens got a 75 only giving him five points um, i'm surprised that scored that low i yeah. haven't played it yet but you know i, I know shante games are usually pretty favorable mm-hmm. he i i didn't even realize this that he had picked up star wars squadrons which was announced oh, like about yeah, a month was... ago um and bug snacks he yeah, got bug snacks <laughs> <laughs> he so, picked the meme yeah for him <laughs> 50 53 points for steven um and then you adam your your first pick was ghost of tashima sitting at 85 right now so not bad um I think you were expecting more from a first first round pick I was, for you. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like like we were mentioning earlier, there there it could change. We could see like It's true. For for me, The Last of Us Part Two, when I first got points, it was sitting at ninety six. So it's dropped two for me, um, which is a little more substantial when it's sitting in the nineties, because that's four points lost instead of two. Um so if it could creep up into the nineties, that would be excellent for yeah you. if it could at least hit 90 i, I think i'd be really mm-hmm. happy with that doom eternal shy of 90 sitting at 89 giving you 19 points and then the only other game that has been reviewed and released is persona 5 royale which is 95 giving you 29 points which i guess that, that game was a steal yeah absolute like, steal <laughs> that is sitting at like one point above the last of us part two so currently is the highest rated game um so that that's awesome like you only have two because ghost of tsushima it still hasn't kicked in yet so you're already at 48 points just between two games which is pretty pretty solid i would say yeah i am a little nervous though because we don't know if elden ring is still coming out this Mm -hmm. year uh we don't know if the batman game is coming out this year but if it Uh, was announced and came out like that is awesome because that was like your 10th pick or something like that yeah it was actually yeah it was it was definitely one of my last picks i did have to get rid of tales of arise which was uh originally scheduled to be out this Mm -hmm. year but that got pushed back to next year uh i also have marvel's avengers which has me a little nervous after that last uh uh 
presentation that we saw of it. It's just, you know, it, it doesn't seem to be rubbing people the right way. Mm-hmm. And I think there may be a negative bias going into it. So I, I'm, I'm getting a little cold feet on that one. Um, but I, I did pick up uh, Crash Bandicoot 4, nice. which I'm expecting yeah. to do well. Yeah. And uh, I just recently picked up Mortal Shell, which uh, I think there was just like a, a demo or some sort of beta out for it that uh, seemed to, to be generally pretty well received mm-hmm. um so i think that might be you know a bit of a safe pick probably nothing that's gonna gonna score you know super duper points but you know not bad for just picking it up off of nowhere mm-hmm. yeah i liked your your strategy because you have you have a lot of like indie games you know fall guys spelunky 2 12 minutes um hollow knight silk song like is everyone kind of jumps on those triple a releases like like that's basically what adam well there's a couple indies in that or not adam garrett's um but those indies are are sometimes can be steals right Mm because they're smaller games so sometimes they can they can pull pull through and you know especially when none of the none of us even knew those games before this so yeah it'll be interesting to see how it plays out um i guess on the horizon ghost of tsushima uh paper mario for me uh what else is there really yeah that's really about it for like the summer it will heat up big time once we we get into the fall and uh yeah it'll be interesting because we still got that xbox conference this month and you know there could be some new games announced there so uh i i still have two spots open uh, you and Garrett are full up, but you could drop if you wanted. And uh, Steven has one spot open that he could fill with a game. So anyways, we'll we'll keep you guys updated. The next update will probably be, I don't know, probably in a month or so. We'll, we'll keep you posted on that. Um, if you go into the show notes of the podcast episode, you can actually go to the link and follow this. We don't have anyone following it, but if you're kind of interested in seeing how this, this goes... Um, yeah, so it, it, it's, it's fun. I, I, I think it's a really cool, cool thing and probably something that we'll, we'll end up doing next year too. So let's get into the topic, starting with the Devolver Direct. So I wanted to start off by saying that I was, uh, I went camping last week and I was off the grid completely in an area had no cell reception, which was great. It was a great reset for me. Um, but I got back the day, be- the night of before the Devolver Direct. Um, so I was busy the day it aired. I never got a chance to f- watch the thing front to back, but I have gone through and kind of skimmed it and condensed it a little bit just to see the announcements and stuff like that. But you, Adam, you watched it. What were your impressions of it? I liked it. It was definitely more uh, more on the entertainment side than it was on the news side of things, but I feel like that's pretty typical after the past couple uh, directs there or showcases that they've had uh, from previous E3s. But I think they they really do they do such a good job of pointing out just the uh, the sort of flaws uh, in the in the industry with you know larger publishers and mm-hmm. uh, sort of the kind of they they really capture the corporate greed that i think a lot of gamers sort of see and like to sort of pick apart and there was really just they they kind of had a really good message behind it 
and even though they do it in, in a really weird, uh, sometimes vulgar manner, <laughs> um, it's just <laughs> it's it, it's just very. I don't know. It's it's insightful, mm-hmm. but but just absolutely bizarre. I mean, these people are bonkers, but <laughs> they they put on a they put on a good show, and there really wasn't at any point where I'm just like, okay, just hurry up and get to the next thing. I want to see what the next thing. like. It was just you know, I w- I was along for the ride, and I I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they have that reputation. Their presentations in the past around E3 time have always kind of been like that. And this one was no different. I kind of like that Devolver has kind of created its identity by being the way that they are, right? Like <laughs> right. they have this presence on, on the internet and on social media of being quite... Uh, yeah, they like to poke fun at the the top dogs, the big... Um, corporations and everything like that and they they're they're an indie developer so their focus is on smaller uh, independently developed video games and you know there's there's a lot of indie developers and publishers out there and I think Devolver having this kind of persona and everything like that really makes them stand out above everyone else so like even if it's not your cup of tea Devolver games like they you know about them and I think they're as, as they kind of grow and, and publish more titles, like they seem to be um, growing as a publisher and really standing out in the industry, which is really cool to see. I would say they go ahead. I was just going to say they really do. We've talked about this before. Like they just don't typically publish bad games. Like they're, they're stable that they've, they've sort of put out there has just been really, really great. And we've got some, just absolute gems out of what they've, um, mm-hmm. you know, published. So really good for them. I mean, not not everything speaks to me, but I know there's, you know, the majority of games are, are pretty strong. But yeah, and, and the, uh, you know, and it, again, these showcases are very weird, but mm-hmm. I highly encourage, you know, it's so easy to just go onto YouTube and just look at the, the trailers, but... This is one that I, I highly recommend, you know, for anybody that hasn't watched the whole thing through. Just they, there's some there's some really good cameos in there uh, that, you know, the, the humor is kind of on point. They, um, you know, they, they address some, uh, you know, certain memes that I think we're all all familiar with. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty solid. Yeah, they put a lot of effort into the entertainment value for sure. Let's talk about, uh, they did have some announcements too, um, but not not a plethora of them. They, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, six real game announcements that came from that Devolver Direct. Um, so the first one was Shadow Warrior 3 gameplay reveal, um, which kind of kicked off the Direct with the first game shown. Are you, have you played the Shadow Warrior series? Are you familiar with them? No, I'm I'm not familiar with it yeah. besides the name. Yeah, I I same same here. But watching them, they look like cool. They're they're first person games, um, and uh, this one looked cool. It had it piqued my interest in kind of just checking out what this series is. Um, I didn't I, I I didn't even realize it was a franchise getting a third title. Um, because, like I said, I've heard, I've seen the name before. I didn't even know it was Devolver published, but uh, that's cool nonetheless. I think the 
the next announcement, which is probably the biggest announcement for you and I, because we're very excited for this game, which is uh, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout getting a mm-hmm. release date for PlayStation 4 and Steam. It's coming out August 4th, so we're just like, we're under a month away now. Um, after countless, you know, betas that they've been running, we finally are going to be able to play this game. And I'm so excited that we're going to play it fairly soon. You you had some speculation of uh, maybe they were going to do a shadow drop, but... Yeah, you know, I was hoping. <laughs> n- not too far out, though, right? Like, it's... Uh, yeah. I'm glad, because I could have easily... You know, there's so many games like this that get, you know, that window of summer 2020 or fall 2020, and then you're like, well, we're in summer, so when's it coming? Like, we only exactly. got a couple weeks left of summer, um, so that I was I was expecting and, and hoping for a release date, and I'm glad we got it. And yeah, me too. I think it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's been something I've been hyped for for a while. And- yeah. Yeah, they've been they've been really tight lipped about things, mm-hmm. so it was nice for them to. And ahead of the show, they're like, "Hey, there's going to be a release date," and I was kind of hoping, like, "Okay, well, let's just you know, it's been in the works for so long, and and how cool would it be, you know, just just with how things have been to say, you know, for Devolver to be like, oh, we got this sweet ass game, yeah. that you can play today." So yeah, for sure, <laughs> it, that didn't happen. But yeah, like you said, it's it's only a, you know it's less than a month out at this point, and mm-hmm. you know it's probably probably for the best because you know goes between Ghost Tsushima and you know Paper Mario coming out things like that it's probably not the worst thing that it's not coming out mm-hmm. along with those those other big games totally yeah yeah august <laughs> looks pretty empty at that point we'll kind of i'm assuming be wrapped up with ghosts or at least kind of just finishing off the last little bits and uh yeah that'll be fun and, and big poll for for playstation we had uh shuhei on there on and t- yeah. at the devolver direct which was mm-hmm. was really cool to see um that they're getting uh at least i don't know if it is is it it's probably a timed exclusive i could see it totally coming to switch and xbox maybe in the future and stuff like that unless they've said otherwise but uh for them to get exclusive at launch is a big deal for for console players yeah it's a it's a pretty big get for them uh i do kind of wish it was just you know coming out on everything but yeah of course yeah you know um it's it's fine because i mean that would that would be a great game for game pass you know absolutely um and and maybe down the stretch but yeah i i have to think that this is going to be a timed exclusive i don't think it'll stay on playstation forever it will it will also be on pc um on steam Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i think probably down the road we'll see it elsewhere as well and you and i were talking a little bit about cross play i I think that's been confirmed, but we don't necessarily know if it's going to be cross-play at launch. Um, that's still yet to be seen. I'm sure, like, the weeks leading up to that, we'll get a little bit more clarity on that. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that if it... I'm either hoping... This is how I'm hoping... If it isn't cross-play, you, you got to buy it on PS4 so we can play together. Yeah, And sure. if it is cross-play, then, yeah, by all means, I would get it on on pc because that seems to be your platform of choice as of recent um so yeah i can't wait to talk about that one in on the show because that's a, a day one purchase for me mm. uh carry on gets bloody new trailer releases july 23rd uh did this one do anything for you 
uh, uh, maybe a little bit, and it's going to be on Game Pass, so I think that also makes it uh, that that kind of play interest mm-hmm. a little bit more. It it does look kind of fun. Like it, it almost looks like sort of a, a new take on like uh, Katana Zero, mm-hmm. right? Where yeah. you you have this kind of side scrolling like. 2d almost like a platformer where you kind of have just like you know you go from like room to room sort of and just kind of take out enemies but um you know obviously rather than slowing down time and cutting people with katanas and stuff you're you're this monster that seems to grow and Mm -hmm. uh be able to do large attacks and be able to like mind control certain people or like take over people's bodies to have them do things so Mm -hmm. it looks like um you know, it it looks like, you know, kind of like a horror take on like a Katana Zero type game. And uh, I think that could be pretty interesting. So with it being coming on Game Pass, I, I might check that out. Yeah, the I can't remember where I initially saw this, if this was shown off somewhere else. Um, but I remember seeing this somewhere and just thinking like, hell yeah, that looks awesome because it's <laughs> totally gory. And like you said, kind of a horror themed game um i remember when i typed it into here let's see because i remember let me actually pull it up you type carry on into google it's like carry on is a, a word and it means uh carry on is the decaying flesh of dead animals including human flesh um so with knowing that and not even looking at screenshots if you have no idea what this game is like it's it that's the style it's going for so if you like gore and you like blood and you like guts in your games like this is going to be probably <laughs> up your alley but it it is that pixely you know it's a 2d game so it's not like doom or anything like that but uh yeah i'm i'll probably however speaking of gore we something worth mentioning because we were talking about what was it shadow warrior 3 earlier on mm-hmm uh, now that game is very, very gory. Yes. Um, like almost over the top gory, and this—that's more of like a uh, more 3D sort of. I don't want to say realistic graphics, but it is certainly more yeah, so more, than Carry yeah, On is. Less. Um, like, like it's stylized, but it is certainly more realistic. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just insane amount of gore, like almost, almost too much. I would say like it's it's let's use as much gore as we can just mm-hmm. for the sake of doing it, um, which, you know, on the one hand looks kind of fun. But, um, yeah, just a little over the top for mm-hmm. my taste, I think. But <laughs> I, I will say it, it looked pretty polished. It seemed very fluid. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because we were talking about gore. And, yeah. you know, that that's uh, that's kind of a not, theme theme with yeah, Devolver. With Devolver. Yeah. Because you, you think of Katana <laughs> Zero and that game was very gory and violent um not like really gory but it's violent right like you're you're cutting people up with a katana and um you know i think of hotline miami which is very violent um right and yeah so it like that's kind of not all like we got fall guys right a very different tone yeah Um, oh my gosh yeah (laughs) but devolver (laughs) almost out of place (laughs) yeah totally but they they don't like they 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 have no boundaries on what kind of games they publish. Um, but yeah, I, I I last note on this, I I think it's cool the idea of uh, like they they describe it as a reverse horror game, right? Yes. You're playing this monster killing humans and stuff like that, which is really cool in itself, right? Um, kind of making you the bad guy in a in a sense. So 
it should be interesting. I'm, I'm, I think I'll pick it up. Um, at some point, I don't know, like I'll be playing Ghost, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, but uh, it's on my radar. I'll put it on my wish list. I'll uh, probably like a Switch pickup, I would say, um, just to, for accessibility. But yeah, you always get it on Game Pass. Oh, is it coming to Game Pass? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. Then we're we're set. I'll have that <laughs> downloaded and probably play it right when it comes out. I, I forgot about nice. that. So, all right. Uh, Serious Sam for oh before that, uh, Elijah um, is coming to PC and Nintendo Switch. So this was, I believe, the first was well, the first time I heard of this game. Oija, Oija, I believe it's Oija. I think yeah. O i l i g j a. This game looked cool. It kind of gave me the the art style reminded me a lot of Uncanny Valley, which is a 2D side scrolling pixel art type of game. Um, just like the um, the character models and everything like that, uh, reminding me like kind of almost faceless, right? With very like eight bitty like pixel art. Um, but again, very much of the likes of some of the previous games they've done. Uh, yeah, this game, like, it, it looks cool, but it didn't necessarily do anything that really blew me away or anything, but um, looked cool nonetheless. It, it, again, just fits in with Devolver's catalog. Uh, moving on to Serious Sam 4, new gameplay trailer, and I think that was it. No release date on that one, I don't believe. Uh, let me just double check. Uh, it's it's slated for August 2020, so I mean time is is taken away. They they haven't announced an <laughs> official release date on that one. But Serious Sam is, in all honesty, a, a franchise that I've heard of, kind of like Shadow Warrior, but I really don't know anything about. Like this is probably the first time I've seen Serious Sam gameplay at, of any of the games. But uh, first person shooter. Um, you know, kind of like a, a Duke Nukem, Doom type of game, bullet hell game. Um, so if that's your style, that looks pretty interesting. Then lastly, we had Devolverland Expo, which is a game that dropped on Steam the day of, uh, and it was free. Did you get a chance to play around with this? I've I've played a little bit of it, yeah. Okay. Maybe I'd say maybe around halfway through would be my guess. So what? give us the the synopsis of kind of what this game is. So it's pretty much a first person shooter. You're equipped with a t-shirt cannon as your weapon <laughs> and you're going through the abandoned halls of what would, what looks like a, uh, like an E3 yeah. uh, type convention center. And there's robots there that if they catch you, they'll throw you out of the, the complex or they'll put you back to like a checkpoint. Right. So you don't really like, there's really not a lot of combat. Your t-shirt cannon, if you shoot it at the robots, it'll just kind of deactivate them for a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but really what you're doing is you're going from uh, sort of like wing wing to wing of this convention center. And uh, your your mission really is to go to all the, the various uh, booths of Devolver games and you're once you get to like the booth they're, they're very they're very themed stylized sections mm -hmm. that that look really cool is all really well put together it uh it, it actually runs pretty well it's it's not 
not not fun, but there's really not a lot going <laughs> yeah. on in it. But you go from like booth to booth, and once you get to the booth, you kind of check it off your list by watching a trailer for the uh, for the game that you're you're going to see. Right. I, I first kind of thought that maybe when you hit the booth, you get to play like a demo of the game. That would have been uh, cool. But that is yeah, but that that is not the case. You're basically just watching a trailer, which. Um, from what I saw, I don't know how many of these are on there, but there was a game that was, uh, there was a trailer for a game in one of the booths that was not in there direct, which I think looks really cool. It's called Weird West. And it's basically like a, sort of like one of those, uh, like isometric, like RPG type games. Oh Um, yeah. I think I, this was at, uh, one of I saw that I've seen this game before, whether it was a yeah. director, I don't know where it, it was. From. Yeah, I don't think this was the first time it's ever been like shown. Yeah. But at the same time, they had sort of like a uh, it was like a developer walkthrough of some gameplay that okay. they were showing. And it actually looked really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it was I, I like I said, I'm pretty sure I've seen this before, but it fell totally off my radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's kind of back on there. Like I'm, I'm kind of interested in this game to see what they do. And it's, it's one of those things where like you sort of can do whatever you want. Um, you can raise as much hell as you want, or, you know, probably be like a law abiding citizen. Like it's almost kind of like a, like a, uh, gate type game, Mm -hmm. but not as not to say that there's no strategy to it, but, uh, more actiony, I guess Mm -hmm. more, more action than strategy, but sort of in that same style where you do go around, you talk to people, get quests and you can interact with them in certain ways where you can, you can kill quest givers and then they're gone forever. And that's it. Like um, you can reload your game and they're still gone apparently. Hmm. (laughs) So, but there was one cool thing that they, they mentioned is like they, they came across like this uh, traveling merchant and they're, you know, they were in kind of like a covered wagon was there and there were two of them and they killed one of the merchants. The other one ran away. And apparently after they run away, they spend the rest of their time plotting against you to uh, basically uh, kind of carry out a vendetta against mm. you. So they could spring up at any point later in the game when you're totally unaware <laughs> and be ready to take you out. That's, so That's cool. Um, like yeah. That. So they have some pretty interesting uh, systems and mechanics in the game. So yeah, it would have been kind of cool if they had that uh, sort of developer walkthrough during the direct. I mm-hmm. think that would have been a pretty good, pretty good spot for it. They, they probably could have fit that in somewhere. But uh, yeah, so I don't know if there's more games like that that weren't in the direct that you can uh, check out in Devolver Land. But um, yeah, that's kind of where I left off. Right. So I, I went to the Carry On booth and then I went to the Weird West booth and then I went just a little bit further. Um, but there are some puzzle mechanics in the game. Very, very light, I guess, puzzly mechanics. It, it's, uh, you know, just fun enough. And I imagine it's fairly short. I played, you know, maybe like half half hour, 40 minutes mm-hmm. and and got, like I said, probably about halfway by my estimate. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know that it's necessarily entirely worth playing through. But it's, you know, it's neat that it's there. And, and the... Uh, the the developer that made it did a, a really good job. Like it's, it's definitely pretty polished piece of work mm-hmm. for what it is. Yeah. It's uh kind of like a nice little companion 
companion piece with with their direct there and, and the fact yeah. that it's it's free you can kind of just go in there and mess about is is neat i it's very yeah. very meta it like it's right exactly only someone like devolver would do something like that <laughs> so um yeah it's yeah. really cool like i'm really glad that it exists it's it's you know like i said not the most fun game out there but it's it's a neat experience mm-hmm. yeah so that was all the announcements from the devolver direct um so let's conclude that topic and move on to stadia connect so adam what the hell is google doing over there with stadia (laughs) they're killing me man absolutely killing me because i'm just rooting for them every single time i'm like this is going to be the time where there's something that makes people happy and they're just not delivering no so yeah we got another stadia connect um we watched it today, uh, the time of this recording and yeah, it was, to be honest, I'm not really too surprised. I thought like, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I'm just like with every little connect that they do or every little, you know, digital event that they release, I'm hoping for like their comeback. When is their comeback Mm going to be exactly with every passing, presentation that they do it's almost like man they get deeper and deeper of just like i don't know how if they if they ever will and i'm kind of at that point where you know uh that i i just i don't know if they they got like they're gonna have to do some major changes they're gonna have to i i don't know And, and it's not just like we're gonna go over what was shown and announced at during the presentation but um, besides what they announced, the content that they provided, it's just like, there still seems to be a lack of information on what, what Stadia is doing moving forward, right? Like there's no transparency between the consumer and, you know, we got that reveal at GDC last year in 2019, the, the, they had their launch that was just awful, um, in the fall, you know, if you've listened to the show, I canceled my pre-order because as we got closer, they were announcing all these things that were supposed to be included with Stadia Connect were not included at launch. And a lot of them still aren't even there. Um, and they're slowly adding them. But it's just like at this point, like like you see the, the jokes, but it, there's a little bit of truth to it. It's like people talking about, oh, I forgot Stadia existed, right? Because it's like they, they kind of came and went in that one month period um they had their bad headlines and then you know we kind of all gave a conclusion on what stadia was and uh they they've really not been able to recover since then so so yeah they got uh 15 games coming to the platform uh five of them are exclusive and one of them released today which was orcs must die um orcs must die three sorry so starting with the stadia exclusives first we have uh outcasters which is developed by a studio called splash damage and this game was kind of like a top-down multiplayer online multiplayer game um i don't really know really much what else to say about it because it it was just like, like, here's this game. It's a trailer. It's kind of a more cartoony art style, um, 
you know, it, it reminds me of like a, a, a battle royale type of thing where you're playing against other players. You're trying to, um, you know, beat them down and stuff like that. But that's about it. It's just, it just looks like a little small indie title. So when when they're presenting that as like, here's like our exclusive, it's like, okay, it's a... And I, I don't mean to knock on this game, but it's just like it's not really doing much to stand out for me at least so right um so that's only on stadia and as i mentioned we had orcs must die 3 and that's playable on stadia pro which is the subscription service with stadia where basically you get every month i think they add games to this stadia pro and you can play them for as long as you have the stadia pro subscription so they added that one there super bomberman are online uh it's coming first to stadia in fall 2020 uh i believe super bomberman r was didn't that launch on like the switch and everything like that Mm -hmm. yeah it was a switch launch title yeah and well i'm assuming this is just like an online version they have a battle rail mode up to 64 players um so again a game that kind of exists it's just a, a newer version with added features Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked like they had um, like more customization in mm-hmm. it too. Like you can uh, customize the bomb explosions, and I'm guessing probably like your character outfits too. So I yeah. mean, I guess that's that's a nice little uh, benefit that they added in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tried the game out um, a while back. I think I picked it up on. I like rented it from the library for Xbox, and that w- it was kind of cool because back when it released, it had. Um, like exclusive skins for Xbox and PS4. Like I think you had like Ratchet um, on the PS4 version. You had Master Chief, which was kind of cool. But there, there, it's just like I think it's fun to play with somebody. But just playing Super Bomberman by like it's just not my kind of game. So, mm. um, and then there is this kind of uh, singing game. It's called One Hand Clapping, which is <laughs> just a t- horrible title in my opinion. Like doesn't tell you at all what the game's about um and it just sounds stupid (laughs) in my opinion um so that's launched in early access and is available right now it's basically this 2d puzzle platform game and you're using singing to solve the puzzles i guess it was a pretty like it didn't really provide a lot of information on what the singing mechanics were and stuff like that um like hyped it up as like it's going to be a, a singing game using your voice as a mechanic and then they showed the trailer and didn't really i didn't see the connection there of how that works or whatever so um there was that nba 2k 21 is coming out this fall um you know it's coming to to stadia as well as all the other major platforms dead by daylight is coming to stadia uh, there's going to be cross-play with all the platforms, cross-progression with Switch and PC. So if you're already playing on PC or Switch, you can just boot it up on Stadia and you'll have all your stats. Um, did you ever get into Dead by Daylight? I did not, no. Yeah, it's uh, very similar. It's that asymmetric game, right? PvP, one player plays the bad guy and um, the others are trying to escape. My nephew is crazy about it. He... He's like, let you can level up all the killers and you get all these like perks and kind of like almost like loadouts for your your horror people, um, your bad guys that can kind of. It, it's a cool game. Um, 
and they've had some great uh, content added to it, like from existing franchises. Like you have Michael Myers, you can play. You can play as Freddy Krueger. Um, yeah, they had the uh, what is it, the Demi Gorgon yeah, from, from Stranger uh, Things. Stranger Things. Yeah, there's a really good. Like I didn't even realize it, but they have such a good stable yeah. of like uh, you know horror villains that you can play as, which uh, was way more than than I realized yeah. there were so that was really cool and, and it's still getting constant updates like this year pyramid head from silent hill yeah. got added mm-hmm. to to dead by daylight so clearly they have a an audience and i'm i'm just glad to see uh my nephew was kind of talking about he he like has this i don't know if this is confirmed error but like if it comes to next gen uh possibly like upgrading it to what unreal engine the next unreal engine at whatever point that is um so it's a cool indie games with service that i'm glad is still existing because you know friday the 13th they lost that the rights to that ip fairly early on after release and that game just is janky gonna be janky forever right like they can't update it in any way they can't add content to it um they can't really work on it at all they can just maintain the server so um but coming to stadia uh PUBG still exists season eight uh so that next season is coming to Stadia. Stadia uh, PUBG is already on there. That's coming July 30th. Uh, the Hitman trilogy, Hitman 1 and 2 are coming September 1st. And then uh, during the PlayStation 5 event, we got to look at Hitman 3 that's coming January 2021. So the whole trilogy is going to be coming to Stadia. Um, and this is a good point to kind of bring up a point that you made, Adam, about AAA titles. You know, we, we've seen that thread and pattern of triple a games being announced for stadia but releasing after they had released on pc and the other consoles right um i think is do i can't remember all off the top of my head what games are there but like they're you know cyberpunk was one of those games where they were talking like it's coming to stadia later um borderlands mm. 3 i think was one of the the early ones where they had it came well after it launched on yep. these other platforms. Um, but from the sounds of it, Hitman 3, you know, it's going to launch on your your next-gen consoles, and it's also going to launch on Stadia. It says roughly, like, at the same time that the game was announced for the other platforms. So, um, what do you, like, that, that's a, a highlight that you brought up about a good move on their part, or there, there seems to be some progression there. Yeah, so this is kind of like that. My silver lining takeaway from this from this event that they had is that we are seeing, and you know, we can kind of note this with some of the Ubisoft games that we'll be talking about later. But uh, we are finally starting to see some AAA games that are going to be releasing day and date on Stadia, along with the consoles, which I think is, you know, uh, people aren't, I think, taking that into account when we look at these Stadia. Uh, connect events because we just we want to see new things Mm -hmm. uh stuff that wasn't announced and and exclusives and you know i i think the the exclusives are probably still in development at this point i mean they only just started acquiring studios and people like at gdc last year when they announced everything Mm -hmm. so they're still going to need time to churn out like big you know, triple A games on their own, but I think they, you know, they don't have to re- rely on just first party if they, you know, 
maybe start throwing some money to lock up some exclusives or, or even timed exclusives from mm-hmm. major publisher or developers, then, um, you know, that, that would put a little bit of a feather in their cap too. Like they don't need to own the studio to get exclusives for themselves. But I think this here, uh, we're finally seeing that sort of, uh, day and date game release along with everything else, which is kind of a big deal because, you know, when you think about it again, the, their whole thing is, you know, no downloads, no updates, play on a variety of devices, which they still don't support iOS apparently, which, uh, you know, I, I feel like they should start trying to prioritize yeah, that, that. That's insane. Like think of everyone with their phones like that. That's where the market is, is with yeah. Apple, right? Exactly. Yeah. There's a, that's a huge user base that can't use your product because you're not supporting that, that platform. So they need to get on that. But, um, you know, other Android tablets, computers, laptops, Chromecast, things of this and that nature, you know, devices. Yeah. Devices that people already have in their homes. Uh, you can now play these trip away games on the same day that it's going to launch on PS4 or Xbox or whatever. And, I, you know, obviously it kind of depends on your connection, but, um, you have a full triple A experience without the need for an additional console, which mm-hmm. is still really huge in my opinion. Oh, totally. So, so the tech is still really, really a cool thing. And uh, from what I understand, people are having better experiences with it now. Maybe that's just because there's not a ton of people using it right now. <laughs> so, you know, maybe if it gets more popular, maybe that could, could kind of uh, make people's, experiences suffer a little bit but as of right now i think people are having generally good experiences it's just the the feeling that there's not a lot out there they're not getting a lot of big games for their stadia pro like the you know the ones that you can play for free when you have pro is you know maybe kind of a lack of big games on that but yeah i think this is still a really big thing and we also did see one of their uh features that they they were kind of touting for a while as one of their big key features, which is the click to play Mm -hmm. where if you're watching someone streaming a game on YouTube and it's available on Stadia, you can just click the button and uh, one, either play that game yourself or you could possibly join in lobbies and play along with them. Yeah. So for instance, like when the NBA game comes out, you know, you could potentially just, click a button pop right into their lobby and be in a game which yeah. is really neat um but on the other hand i had to remind myself that that's not a feature on twitch which is where i do most of my where i watch streamers mm-hmm. play games like i don't watch like i'll go on youtube and watch a video uh but i don't typically go there for streaming yeah. uh content or streaming users but the the fact that they did finally get out one of their key features is you know a big plus too and, you know, maybe it's not going to affect a lot of people. I don't know how many people actually watch YouTube streamers, but um, yeah, I mean, it, still it, it could big... change with things like uh, I guess Ninja is on YouTube now, if I'm not mistaken. Like, I think I think he went to Facebook. Did, oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, right. Because right, there was the whole mixer close yeah. and they're p- kind of partnering with Facebook and the, the whole streaming world's a bit of a mess right now in terms it of is. video it games. Is, but yeah. anyways. So yeah, that 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 fee- adding that is I agree. It's it's great that they're they're 
keeping the those promises like that was one of the the things that they talked about in the initial um and and even i i'm I'm, i can't wait for it to be optimized even more so of like when they're talking about tutorials or when you're playing tomb raider Mm -hmm. and you're stuck on a certain puzzle or a dungeon or whatever and you're not sure how to and you could click something in the game or um and, and and pull that out i don't know if that's Again, I can't. I haven't kept up with Stadia, so I don't know what kind of updates um, that they've had. But yeah, I don't think that's out. I yet. don't think so. So yeah, it's good that they're slowly rolling it out. But again, it's just it reinforces what we were talking about last fall of just why didn't they just launch this as a beta? You know what I mean? Like something mm-hmm. that was constantly being improved, and I think people wouldn't have been so hard on it because them trying to sell it as you know a service that is lacking all these things that they said were going to be there and not only that they don't have really the the content to to provide the people that are you know getting into that ecosystem it's just a huge huge bummer for those the consumer so yeah i i i think i don't know it will just be interesting to see like especially when when xbox starts getting further into the streaming world um because you know they have their X Cloud. Um, I have that on my phone. And I don't mm-hmm. really use it, but like once they they put some heat behind that service, going into next gen um, and and making it even more accessible and, and getting it on other platforms, that they're going to have some serious competition at that point. So that's why it's like you know Stadia needs to kind of kind of kind of get a move on with this because right now like it's un- it's unfair to compare stadia to xbox or or playstation or whatever because they, they're trying to do something different but as soon as xbox is really a full force in in that world of streaming games and stuff you got major competition of a, a well-established ecosystem um coming into something that you like that's the thing that they kept showing in this presentation is like the no installing or downloading games and you can just jump into it on what you know your your potato of a pc or whatever like that's but when another platform can kind of do that it's like well then why would i bother with this one right so Mm -hmm. it's interesting we'll have to see you know how it plays out and and uh how they react to once xbox starts talking about what what they have to offer with xcloud right so finishing off we got a couple more announcements here Sirius Sam which we already talked about that's coming to PC and Stadia at launch um, next month Outriders which is a Square Enix game it's this basically this third person looter shooter type sci-fi game um, I, w- I watched some gameplay uh, from kind of funny on this game earlier this year it looks very like Gears of War mixed with like Mass Effect mixed with like Destiny or like, you know, that, that Borderlands kind of Borderlands in there as well. Um, looks looks cool. I don't know. Like, that would be a game that if I saw it on, like, I, I'm, I'm interested in it. I'm, um, that's coming to Google Stadium in 2021. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Outriders was announced for 2020. So that kind of goes back on what we were talking about earlier mm. of a game that isn't going to launch. But again, that's a, a newer type game that still doesn't even have a release date for this year. So it's possible that... It, it's launching everywhere next year so um 
WWE 2K Battlegrounds, September 18th. Um, PGA Tour 2K21, August 21st. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice is coming fall 2020. A game that released in March of last year isn't coming. Um, so again, good for, for users of the platform, but I mean, you're a year and a half after game release, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have wanted to play this game, have already played it. Like, I remember my friend picked it up on Steam because it was, like, dirt cheap on a sale or whatever. And that was, like, months and months after it came out. So, But it, nonetheless, it's a, a game coming to the, the platform. Uh, Hello Neighbor and Hello Neighbor Hide and Seek. Uh, Hello Neighbor September 20th and Hide and Seek Holiday 2020. And then they also announced that developers Harmonix, Uppercut Games, and Supermassive Games are working on uh, titles for Stadia. So that was it. I think we've kind of, throughout this, kind of given our imp impressions of Stadia. Um, any final notes on this before we move on to the next topic? No, not too much. It's just, you know, we we all want to see more. We all expect more mm -hmm. from from google and they're they're making strides um but i think it's largely going unnoticed because of the uh just rampant uh disappointment <laughs> yeah that they're uh that they're putting out there so yeah all right moving on to ubisoft forward so this was ubisoft's first big uh, event of the year you know typically ubisoft has their press conference at e3 their stage press conference um, so this year we didn't have to watch people dance on the stage. <laughs> I feel like Ubisoft also has a reputation of in past E3s of just having some real cringy moments too. Um, so right off the bat, I'll say that, um, I, I think this was a good press event, um, digital event. It wasn't as big or as long as I expected. I, I expected there to be a little bit more bulk in the, the presentation, but uh, they did say that there is going to be future Ubisoft forwards um, that we can expect later this year, right? So, yep. um, you know, we didn't see things like Gods and Monsters, uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine wasn't on there. Uh, skull and bones if that game still <laughs> even exists <laughs> uh you know they, they have some titles that have been pre beyond good and evil too you know games that we've seen at previous e3s but um so i'm hoping that we see not that those games i really care about but you know ubisoft still has some stuff up their sleeves that they're going to talk about this year but what did you think of it i think it was it was good it was well done it was well put together uh, they they showed a lot of you know things that we haven't seen a lot of so far this summer, and that's AAA games. Yeah, totally. And so we definitely got quite a bit of that, which was really nice. Um, they there was definitely some issues. Uh, they were giving away free copies of Watch Dogs Two uh, if you were logged in to your UPlay account while watching their event, but the the website just got totally hosed in the process yeah. and uh nobody was able to claim those rewards so they are extending it there um you know you can still register to get it which i have but i still haven't received the game yet so no idea when that's going to happen all i saw on their twitter is that it's going to be happening in waves mm. uh throughout this week i believe so um i i'm not really brokenhearted like i i 
had no plans to play it, but you know, getting it for free, maybe I'd check it out at least. Yeah. But um, anyway, so there wasn't a whole lot in there f- f- that really spoke to me. But I think again, in the end, we got uh, a good look at several uh, AAA games, and uh, you know, high-profile ones that we've been looking forward to. There's finally some gameplay. Uh, for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, so um, yeah, pretty pretty solid overall. Yeah, totally. Let's let's talk about some of those announcements. So first one, Ghost Recon Breakpoint AI teammates are coming to Ghost Recon Breakpoint uh, July fifteenth update, and uh, there's a new live event Resistance launching on July sixteenth. Uh, Watchdog Legions, which has been delayed at least twice i think uh i think so yeah i think it was supposed to come out early Early this year earlier this year and then it was summer um but it's still coming out this year which i i'm surprised that it didn't get creeped creeped into 2021 but it's arriving on october 29th so what are your thoughts like what are you you, ha- you haven't played the Watch Dogs two? Did you play Watch Dogs? Like, is this a, a franchise that you are interested in? Or no, this one has has had me intrigued for a while. Mm-hmm. I think it it looks neat, but I'm kind of still wrestling with the fact that there's no actual like protagonist for the game. Mm-hmm. Just everybody is sort of the protagonist. Yeah, uh, you know, depending on how you look at it, and then of course there's there's sort of the the permadeath thing that. You know, if you get attached to one of these people and then they die, like, that's it. They're done. And granted, there's probably similar characters out there that you can pick up along the way. But, you know, if you get really attached to someone and then all of a sudden, like, that's it. They're yeah. dead. Like, you know, so that's kind of a bummer. But I, it looks good, but it's coming out, you know, October 29th, which is just weeks away from Cyberpunk. Yeah. Um, so it's a kind of a short window to play that. And there's... Uh, I think some other game, uh, Assassin's Creed is coming out, what, a couple weeks before that, even? Uh, no, it's, uh, uh, it's coming once. 17th, I believe. Yeah, November 17th, which November, is okay. two days before That's, Cyberpunk. Oh, my gosh. Oh, what are yeah. they doing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, but what can this do, October, right? yeah, the October 29th date that I believe is in date on Stadia. So it's one of mm-hmm. those things we were talking yes. about with triple a titles and uh stadia yeah my my levels for this game i think i talked about it when we did our because i think this was announced last e3 if i'm not mistaken i think so yeah Yeah, sounds about right you and i talked about it when it was announced and i i i I like the watchdogs one um you know i never even really knew about the controversy around watchdogs and its delay and you know the whole thing of showing it and it looking nothing like what they showed at E3, that was that whole controversy around this gameplay being shown that was actually pre-rendered and everything like that. Um, but even the second one, I bought that, I played that one well after it had launched. I, I like, I picked it up for like 10 bucks or something like that. Probably pay, played a little bit, but it, at the time I just wasn't looking for a big open world game. Mm. Um, but it, it had improved a lot of my gripes with the, the first one, I thought the the story was more interesting. I loved the environment of it being in San Francisco and in, in Silicon Valley and everything like that. Like there, there was more depth to it. And and this one, uh, being in London, I really like the idea of being able to 
move from character to character uh, because, you know, I, I, I just kind of like, I see these third person open world games um, because, because, because it kind of watchdogs gives you that, that vibe of saints row or uh, grand theft auto, right? This big sandbox. And I would say like, there's a large majority of people who play those games that really just like to mess around in, in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. There's people that play grand theft auto five and, play its campaign and you got franklin and michael and trevor and there's so much depth to gta 5 story but you can also spend hours and hours of just messing about and doing things so i feel like watchdogs legion could attract that crowd of people that just want to come in and you know do missions and have fun with you know playing as the grandma with the taser or um with the construction worker with the nail gun and, and messing about with that like i'm really interested in seeing the diversity of characters you can play as but yeah, I'm not expecting it to be like, like I, I'm not going to buy it at launch. This is a game that uh, in Canada we have Boxing Day the day after, uh, after Christmas, where so like everything goes on sale. We it's kind of like Black Friday up here, and uh, you know we there games go on sale sometimes fifty percent of what they are. Um, and I'm talking games that released like a month prior. So if this game goes on sale, which it most definitely will. Um, I'll probably I'll pick it up, but it yeah, it's just way too close to Cyberpunk, another game that is kind of similar in its aesthetic that's going for, and it's an open world game that's going to be really expansive, and it's just going to put all my focus on that, and not to mention next gen is is coming up, so you really got to be choosing on what your what what games you're going to be picking up, right? Because you're also spending a bunch of money on a new console potentially, and so yeah, it's. Uh, I'm hearing some impress. I watched, uh, I heard Greg talk about it and stuff like that. And he kind of felt the same way you did Adam about not having that protagonist and not having someone uh, to connect with or, or follow their story and stuff. But he was, he, he seemed quite high off the game. Um, he, he liked what he played and everything. So, but yeah, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a game that resonates with everyone. I think it will have its niche audience and, uh, do really well with those people so uh we got a couple mobile games that i'll kind of just skim past brawlhalla mobile and then might and magic heroes arrow era of chaos uh and then tom clancy's elite squad um just a quick message on rainbow six siege celebrating five years that game has a, such a great success story of like um i can't even remember it was like 40 50 million players um that they've reached or something so that game is is a great success story of a uh, a game that launched that was kind of lukewarm in its reception but they've turned it into this games with service that is still going and as we've talked about before i think like that game's coming to next gen and it's being upgraded um for series x and ps5 so like power to them that they're they're still plugging away on that game that's incredible Ubisoft has their own Battle Royale game. There was a technical test um, that launched. I, I don't I don't know if... Garrett said he had it, but I don't know how much of it he played. Um, but it's basically Ubisoft's Battle Royale game. It's a kind of sci-fi um, first-person shooter uh, on PC. The open beta actually launched um, for free the like the day of the ubisoft yeah. event so um more people can get their hands on that and try it out 
um yeah this is a game that i'll definitely because it'll probably be free to play when it comes to consoles that whenever that happens um but it's cool it gives me some like overwatch vibes in its art style and it looks really fast and really intense so i don't know if it's a game that i'll probably be any good at but uh i love battle royales like i love messing about mm-hmm. in them so i'll probably check it out so i did download the beta okay and there's a sort of like a test arena you can go into try the different weapons and uh abilities and stuff like that and i did end up doing one match on it and uh i did it with keyboard and mouse since it was on computer but yeah. I'm, I'm not much of a keyboard mouse player but yeah. i know it's it's a bit of an advantage uh, when you're playing on PC. Totally. So I thought I would try and play it that way. But honestly, I, I probably would have done better with the controller just because that's... You're more familiar with it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I probably would have done maybe a little bit better. Not to say I did bad. I didn't die right away, although I didn't really get into <laughs> many many firefights. Yeah. Um, but I will say I really like the aesthetic of it, like mm-hmm. the, the kind of stylized look they gave it, the sci-fi that they did uh kind of helps it stand apart like it's um you know that i feel like just the the aesthetics of Fortnite just feels so tired at this point oh totally um and i i feel like this just looks really good mm-hmm. um I, I the the weapons the powers that you can pick up um everything just seemed really well put together and well polished uh, it was very fast paced like you were saying um some some really neat stuff and it it definitely it really it kind of piqued my interest like i haven't really been interested in not just battle royales but shooters in general lately Mm -hmm. uh but this you know it's something i i might try and play you know once it's on console maybe i'll try and uh squat up with you and garrett or whoever sometime and and at least give it a fair shake yeah um but i i would definitely feel more at home uh, playing on console with a controller in For sure, hand. Yeah. Yeah. I think like with the, the birth of this battle Royale genre, this generation, and we've seen so many of them come out. Um, and I, you think of like, I, I almost want to subtract PUBG because I feel like PUBG is out of the conversation at this point, because I, I feel like there's better ones that have come. Like when I think of about like Warzone, apex, Fortnite, they all have something that make them very unique and original. And just mm-hmm. looking at this game, I think with um, its its mechanics and, and gameplay, um, with upgrading your weapons and and the ha- hacking you can do with it, and even introducing like Twitch features where the audience can, um, who's watching, can uh, have a role in in the game as well is really cool. Um, I think that in itself really helps this game find. Like it's obviously it's Ubisoft. Like they're they're a big developer. Um, they can put the money into this, but in mm-hmm. a, a genre that seems to be so crowded with other titles, like when you're when you're coming late to the party, you know you got you gotta you you gotta impress impress the the consumer, right? And it, it looks it looks like it, it's on a, a right track. So I'm really interested to see how it evolves and and once they can bring it to consoles, like I. I they haven't said anything yet, but I, I, I like it's, it's not, it's got to come at some point, right? Like Ubisoft, traditionally, like they're, they're all multi-platform developers, so it's just a matter of when for this one. 
Assassin's Creed Valhalla, we got like a nine minute look at uh, some some real gameplay this time. Um, if anyone remembers, we had the announcement of Valhalla with some <laughs> cinematic trailer, and then we were supposed yeah. to get gameplay at that Xbox third party event back in May, I want to say, um, or April or whatever that was. It was May. Yeah. yeah end of May. But yeah. from there, it was it was just kind of gameplay kind of disguised um because it just looked like a another cinematic trailer so we actually got a look um big thing they showed uh the female protagonist they had mentioned like odyssey that you can play Mm -hmm. as either male or female so we got to look at what the female looks like um and they're actually interchangeable i read somewhere that at any point you could actually swap genders of the protagonist um Hmm. so they they seem like they they don't differ too much um which is interesting i kind of was hoping they did a little bit like even if you look at odyssey you have alexios and cassandra and their dialogue was pretty identical but um i think the reason why that is because well i shouldn't spoil anything but like the the there was a reason why they were they were separate is because like you're you're um, I mean, the game's been out. They're your siblings, right? Like, you play Alexios, yeah. Cassandra is your sister, and, and vice versa, right? Um, so, yeah, anyways, that that's that. There was a, there was a narrative to go along yeah. with why there were two, two of them. Exactly, this, yeah. It's just like, it's not just, hey, choose male or female, and that's it. Yeah. Like, your decision sort of had an impact yeah. on your experience. Totally. So... That was kind of cool to see. We we got some good gameplay on some raids. Um, basically, these Vikings storming uh, the shores and attacking these villages, um, which was really cool. We got to kind of take a look at that. Um, biggest thing that stand out to me with that was just how versatile that whole thing is. It's not like you're going and just doing, um, you know, sword combat with an enemy you can do things like light your arrows on fire and burn down houses and you have your whole army behind you that is also attacking enemies and you know you can revive them once they go down and everything like that it seems to have um a a bigger role with that like odyssey had these battle sequences that you could do but at the same time like they it just felt like you were the one that stood out and everyone else was pretty generic, but this one kind of mm. felt like you were moving as a team and a unit to, um, in terms of like the gameplay and everything, which I thought was pretty neat. Um, the, yeah. sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, it, it looks really cool. I mean, um, and I, I think this is also a stadia day and date. Yeah. Um, this one, they said, okay. Xbox Series X, Xbox One, PS4, PS5, and Stadia. They they yeah. made an effort in seeing all five of those. Um, so yeah. yeah, pretty pretty cool. You know, coming out for everything. It, it looks good. I really liked Odyssey, though I never finished it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, this one just looks like you know a sort of next step with with that type of game. Like it, it looks, it just looks cool. Yeah, um, totally. And it. Uh, with it being so close to cyberpunk like it's gonna have to wait like that's just that's just how it is which is a little unfortunate because it might have been something that i would have picked up if there was a little bit more space um you know around around it but um yeah i think uh i think it'll be 
it'll be good, but it'll just be interesting to see how how it does so mm-hmm. close to cyberpunk uh any chance you think maybe it'll get delayed because they'll want to get out of the way of cyberpunk Mm, not necessarily because i think like this kind of like xbox one and ps4 with with black flag you know the the launch library for um the console launch like we don't necessarily know what those look like yet um Mm. we could still have some announcements but it's not going to be huge right um so there's going to be a huge percentage of people that maybe don't have an interest in cyberpunk and they're picking up their, their PS five and they need a, a couple games to go with it. And it mm-hmm. will, it'll sell in that regard. Right. Like I could totally see what, like what I'll probably end up doing because I, I never beat Odyssey either. I think I would like to beat it before. I think I got 25, 30 hours into it. Um, Megan, on the other hand, 110, 120 hours, maybe oh, wow. um, love the game like crazy. She's really excited for this one, but she also wants to play cyberpunk. So mm-hmm. what I expect to happen is we're going to play cyberpunk. I'm also going to buy the PS five. Cause it's probably going to be around that November, maybe later November. Um, and you know, well, I'll probably get whatever first party launch titles launch with the, the PS5. And then I expect maybe around Christmas time, we could also, because like Megan is definitely going to want to play this game. I want to play this game. And so um, it'd be a, a, a great like early gen game to, to play um, on that new system and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I'm going in it. And I think that's kind of, you know, whether it's people buying it, <clears throat> right at launch on next gen um or if they wait like because it, it's going to take a while for that library to fill out so i think it it has that room right going into 2021 you know we're going to mm-hmm. get some some more releases as the year progresses but um as we wait for that i think people will pick it up so i yeah i don't see it delaying um especially because like there's also going to be lots of people that don't upgrade right away and Mm -hmm. they're gonna you know like black flag just same same story right there was lots of people that played it on 360 and there was a whole bunch of people that played it on xbox one so um assassin's creed i I think ubisoft is smart taking that they're one pretty much their biggest franchise and making it one of the timing them for for um console launches and everything like that so but yeah, I I'm gonna be so like I'm not buying this because I like I'll have Cyberpunk like pre-ordered mm-hmm. and ready to go oh, and yeah. uh, like I just can't wait to spend hours in that world. So, um, so sorry, it was actually 30 minutes of Valhalla gameplay. I think the one they did kind of like a walkthrough of it, but there was like a nine minute kind of gameplay overview. And then they kind of went more in depth of certain things you could do. So I just highly recommend if you haven't already check it out because the game looks incredible from a visual standpoint. The colors are very, it gives me that ghost of Tsushima vibe of like, um, colors really popping in certain environments. Like when you have, it's kind of like a fall setting and you got your yellow leaves on the trees you know winter environments it, they, they have a lot to play with there um and that was the one thing that odyssey was so awesome with is like you have this big open world of ancient greece and everything was so bright and vivid and the environment felt really unique to me and um that was 
that's one of the selling points for me with Assassin's Creed is just exploring the world. Now I don't know how big the the map's going to be at all, but um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to check it out. Mm-hmm. And lastly, we have a game that unfortunately <laughs> leaked. Uh, I think the day what before shame. or two days, yeah, something like that. Um, Far Cry Man, Six. What a bummer. Yeah, it uh, it leaked. I think it was posted. There's like a Japanese like website or something i saw far cry 6 and the the cover art with like i think it was japanese or something like that but anyways it got leaked before the actual announcement um and so ubisoft address and was like yeah you'll get your first look at far cry 6 during the ubisoft forward but man what a like an awesome moment um that they could have ended off the show with such a like a big surprise like we kind of expect them to continue on with the far cry franchise but um yeah this this looks like it's going to be a, a good one we got uh john carlo esposito from the mandalorian um better call Saul, obviously breaking bad where he played uh villain uh the boys so an actor that i'm a huge fan of i think he is a great performer um he he likes to play that that villain and i think he does mm-hmm. it really well he's a bit yeah. of a, a type actor but um yeah so we we got to see this trailer uh of far cry 6 and basically he uh his i'm his son he, he's basically the president um more like a, a dictator of this this uh country presumably in kind of like central or south america is kind of the vibe i got from it Mm -hmm. um and there's total chaos um there's uprise from the the people of this country rebelling and protesting and so there's this the this mobs of protesters um and then you have like the the police in riot gear and they're they're wanting the his head because he's obviously this really bad guy um and he has his son Diego and in this trailer, it's crazy. He gives them this, this, he, I honestly, I don't even want to talk about it. I think you, if, even if you don't care about <laughs> Far Cry, like go watch it because it looks fantastic. Like it, it looks the CGI that they did. Just, it looks like, it looks like him. You know what I mean? Like it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To kind of expand on that a little bit, like even if you don't care about Far Cry, it's worth watching because totally. I'm one of those people like I've never played a Far Cry game, but that trailer that they showed was fantastic. Yeah. Like it makes me want to play this, play this game. Totally. Yeah. The, the thing that Far Cry has always done is they've kind of made the, the, the center of attention on the antagonist, right? Um, in, in four, that was the case three, four and five. That was the case. Um, now each of them are are very different in their own but um yeah i I love how they're setting his character up and i can't wait to see more i'm assuming you're playing as his son diego uh he's played by anthony gonzalez from coco which is kind of cool so like some big big name actors in this this game uh but yeah that's coming out february 18th 2021 so really not that far away uh that's the typical kind of launch window for far cry games i think that's when far cry new dawn last year came out and then far cry 5 Mm -hmm. and if i'm not mistaken maybe far cry 4 
can't remember, but, um, or Far Cry Primal, like that's kind of their window of, um, early, early in the year of releasing their games. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I'll say like you, you said you, you haven't really played Far Cry. Far Cry is a, a franchise that I really, really like. Um, they are very samey. Um, if you're playing Far Cry 2, 3, 4, 5, there's, there's an evolution there, but um, it's not huge when you go from title to title. I would say New Dawn, or not New Dawn, um, Far Cry 5, uh, New Dawn was that little sequel that they did, is the best in terms of gameplay, and they've really optimized that. Um, story was kind of so-so, but like, I, I love how they're, they're continuing to flush out this franchise. Um, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it's it's like an open sandbox type of game. You can play it for the story, or you can go put C4 on a, a cow in a field and blow, blow it up. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's wacky. It's silly. Um, you know, in 4, you have the honey badgers chasing after you, and it's... It's it's incredibly fun to to mess about with. Um, they always have crazy vehicles, uh, paragliders, gyrocopters, uh, flying squirrel suits. Like it's just a fun game to kind of mess about in. Um, so I can't wait to see what this game looks like. If they're going to continue that or if they're going to expand on it a little bit. But uh, yeah, this will for sure be a game that I'll check out once it comes out. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious too because this game has sort of uh, piqued my interest a bit. Yeah. I on the one hand, it'll probably play like your classic Far Cry games where they're a bit more on the sandboxy open world side. Um, but I would almost kind of like it to be more of like a, uh, you know, like Uncharted or or Last of Us sort mm-hmm. of experience where it's a you know maybe a little bit more linear, mm-hmm. more focused uh, gameplay. I think if that were the case, like I would. I'd probably totally be down for this, yeah. but also um, it it would make me want to, because there's, I don't know if you've saw the very, um, uh, all the speculation about how this could tie in actually to Far Cry 3. Yeah. Um, which seems very plausible based on what people have, you know, compared already that, you know, I kind of wonder like, is this something I would need to play Right. You know, three to, to really be able to kind of enjoy. Yeah. The the speculation on that is I think there was um, the actor who plays Voss, who is the antagonist in three, who, mm-hmm. who um, people are presuming is this kid. You know, like even if it, it, there's different names there, Diego Voss, like maybe he's he's totally changed he, his persona. He has a new identity. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, so and the both characters kind of have like a scar over their eyebrow, um, so they're they're kind of pulling that from that. I don't think I think it's like yeah, it's speculation at this point. I don't know, um, and we're gonna get into this when we get to games we've been playing. I just started Far Cry Three. Uh, that's the one Far Cry game I actually haven't played before, and that would be really cool uh, of, of connecting them. But um, I, I, even if they were connected in any way if it was a pre like it will it probably is just like you know if you played far cry 3 and you know Voss and you know that character and, and the development um of that character you know you could play six having that insider knowledge but it's not really going to do anything if you hadn't right um that 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 would probably be how they approached it if if that is mm-hmm. the case of course right so 
but yeah, uh, we'll we'll likely see more gameplay. We'll, we'll, whenever the next Ubisoft Four, maybe not the next one, but in one of their future events, like the the game's not that far off, um, right? You know, unless it gets delayed. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll get a, a better look and more details into what this game is. Um, but yeah, really cool. I love. Far Cry, even Far Cry 5, I love seeing uh, how they announced that game. I think Far Cry 5 got leaked too, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, because there was a leak on it. Far Cry 5 released all these um, kind of like cinematic trailers, kind of mm-hmm. showing the, yeah. the culty, like the hitting the, the church bell with a guy's head and stuff like that. And like, they, they have a, they, they're great at setting like the tone of these games uh, through their announcement trailers. So. Um, yeah, more so than lots of games I think have, have done with the, the reveal is the most important part. So I liked how they did that. It's unfortunate it got leaked because I would have, this would have been a get hype moment for me for sure. (laughs) So yeah, that was the Ubisoft event. Um, again, Far Cry 6 was really the only mate like thing that we didn't really know about and was the biggest thing. Um, so we kind of mentioned what was not included this, but what are you expecting for, uh, from the next one? Like, uh, I mean, at this point, I just want to see gods and monsters. Um, I really thought, because I was supposed to be out early this year, like what January, January, maybe February. Uh, so the fact that it's, I, I know they said, uh, fiscal year 20, uh, 2020, 2021. So I guess by Q1 next year, it should be out if that holds true, but I, you know, really expected it to, you know, and, and this was kind of one of those things like, well, maybe this will be, you know, a shadow drop type of game, um, you know, if it's ready to, to be announced, but it, it, you know, they didn't say there wasn't word of it at all. So we have to figure it's going to be at their next one. Yeah. Um, whenever that is. So I'm guessing that's probably a 2021 game at this point, which is, yeah kind of unfortunate because I'm I'm very interested in seeing more but that's kind of the the big thing for me that that I want to see um I know a lot of people want to see siphon filter um especially after Sam Fisher showed up in that that weird mobile game mm-hmm. and there was Elite nothing squad or whatever yeah there's nothing else mentioned about that um and then uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2, I know a lot of people want to know more about that, which, you know, I, I, I'm interested in hearing more about that too, but um, I just, I kind of want to see Gods and Monsters more mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested in Gods and Monsters. They haven't really showed us a lot, which is crazy that, because they, yeah, they announced that last year and they, they said it was coming so soon. And then when they, like, obviously it got delayed, but it we still haven't really even seen much. So it's, yeah, I don't, I have no real confidence that it would come this year. Maybe it does. Mm-hmm. But I mean, with the fact that you already have watchdogs and Assassin's Creed, um, and I know that this game gods and monsters is, is not the same as those. I mean, those are your two big titles. You need to give some sort of breathing room and it's obviously not coming out before then. Cause we would probably hear about it. Right. So yeah, I would expect it next year. Um, uh, yeah, I think what they're they're waiting for is for the next event to to show off a big big chunk of it, and then also say like, uh, and then back that up with, hey, we're delaying it till next year, right? Give give mm-hmm. us a good look at it, um, and then kind of slip that in there at the end. That's kind of what I'm expecting <laughs> them to do. Um, 
I was still holding out that that rumored Splinter Cell game from like last year is still somewhere like it exists somewhere. Splinter Cell, that's it. I said Siphon Filter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know what you meant. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I, I know it will never happen at this point, but uh, like a Prince of Persia game would be awesome. Um, that would be like my ultimate wish list. But yeah, Skull and Bones. I don't know what's happening with that. Beyond Good and Evil Two. I don't know what's happening with that. I would love another Nintendo and Ubisoft collaboration. Like yes. Mario Kingdom Battle Two would be cool, or even them exploring a, a different nintendo ip like i thought that was such a great collaboration um two major you know video game developers uh, and publishers coming together to create a, a game that seemed silly at first but was quite quite good um but yeah i do you think we'll get one next month or do you think we're looking at like september october i would say probably september october maybe yeah. leaning a little bit more towards october yeah i agree so, yeah, that's it for our our three big topics here. Let's transition into what we've been playing. Mine is pretty quick, so I'll go first. Still playing Call of Duty Warzone. I can't can't shake that. I just have been having so much fun and I've been primarily playing by myself. Uh I was I've been playing solos. They they've had some different modes that have come out. Still just having a really fun time with that. I'm surprised I've still been going at that cuz usually I I'll like be really interested in it. Same, same with Apex, play it hard for like a week or maybe two and then move on. But I've been steadily playing it for what feels like at least a month now. Um, so yeah, please hit me up if you are interested in that uh, on Twitter at Luke Allen Arm because I'm always interested in playing. And like I said, I, I started Far Cry 3, never played Far Cry 3. After the Ubisoft event, they had this big sale on Far Cry games. Um, I got Far Cry 3, I think it was $2.99 US, I think I paid $3.99 or something like that, so big AAA game that, uh, this is the classic edition, which was a remaster for current gen, um, steal for that price, right, uh, but I have to say, I, so that one is kind of known as being like the best one, a lot of people give that a lot of praise, mm-hmm. um, I, I really I can't see why yet, but I, keep in mind I'm only like three, four hours into the game. Um, so I, I have yet to kind of see who this Voss character is. And uh, the environment's cool, but it's what a bad like port to, to, to current gen. <laughs> like it, I went onto the Far Cry Reddit to see if maybe because I couldn't find any any other people having this issue, but for whatever reason, the sound is like really compressed. It, it sounds like they almost took a phone. I kid you not. Recorded the audio from Far Cry Three on PS3 and Xbox 360, and then imported that onto this version of the game. Like Whoa. it, it, like I don't know what's going on. Like it sounds like they're talking through a tin can. It sounds like. I'm playing like uh, a game from like, like I'm talking like PS1 era sounds like, like it sounds really bad. Like, um, yeah, like an old PC game or something like that. Those early games of, uh, you know, 
NPC dialogue and stuff like that and voice acting like it just sounds that bad so I'm gonna reinstall it and see if that fixes it because one person on reddit was telling me that they didn't see an issue then one Mm -hmm. other person was saying yeah like they totally butchered this port Um, because even from a visual standpoint like there's not a lot going on it's not enhanced for the pro or the x Um, so I mean like they could have like it, it seems like it was just a cash grab of like reselling the game you know what I mean? Like they really didn't, and it's Ubisoft, so I'm not really that surprised. But like, give me a little more, right? Like, give me some enhancements, um, make the game feel a little better. But yeah, it's just like even I've played games from last gen that are backwards compatible on my Xbox One, and they have not felt as rough as this game. And this is supposedly a port for for current gen. So I don't know. I I I don't know if I'll continue on with it. I'll try reinstalling it, but. I do want to kind of explore it because, like you said, if the if this is if Far Cry Six is some sort of prequel, I want to kind of know, and also I kind of want to round out my my knowledge in this franchise. So, mm-hmm. and again, it was three dollars. So even if I played an hour and I hated it, I don't really not a care. terrible investment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Um, just waiting for Ghost of Tsushima. I didn't really want to dive into anything too big until then. So, what have you been playing? Uh, so I've been playing um, a lot of Ring Fit Adventure still. Uh, last time we, we had a regular show, I talked about how I had just gotten it and was, what, maybe two days in at that point. So now I'm, uh, I think I have 11 days in the game now. Uh, and it's it's really good. I'm, I'm liking it a lot. Like it's uh, presenting a workout without making it really seem like a workout, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, it's, you know strenuous enough and you can adjust your difficulty which i actually have turned it up because i've already noticed like uh my endurance increasing as i go through and like even though the the levels and the workouts are getting more challenging i'm able to to stick through it even longer so i'm actually at the point now where i might up the difficulty a little bit more um just to get yeah so i'm like already noticing i i haven't really lost a ton of weight off of it like it's been I think I'm down like three pounds at this point, but I'm definitely noticing uh, spots are getting, you know, toned up a little bit and, you know, feeling the the muscle forming a little bit more in in certain areas. And uh, I've had less back pain since doing it. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's just really, really solid, very well done game. Like that was 100% worth the purchase. And it like it gets me. Uh, looking forward to doing a workout, which like has never happened before. <laughs> and I can do it in, in the comfort of my own house. Like I'm not going out to a gym and being all self-conscious and stuff. Now, yeah. granted it can only go so far because there's no like weight training or anything sure. with it. So but it's, better it's than not nothing. like, Oh yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's really good at just like mixing up things too so you're not just doing the same stuff over and over Mm -hmm. and over again you can if that's really what you want to do but um it's just it's it's really high quality and it just presents it in a way that that still makes it feel like you're playing a game and not just oh hey i'm doing this workout or there's some trainer on tv yelling at me or like great job guys (laughs) like keep it up like no it's it's just it's it's fun and it's uh you know it's making me feel better so that's awesome man yeah um i've also been playing bloodstained curse of the moon 2 which is uh you know part of the the bloodstained series this one is more of like a classic castlevania style 
where, uh, you know, a little bit more linear as opposed to the Metroidvania style of Bloodstained's uh, Ritual of the Night. Um, so there's several episodes, I guess. So you have, like, uh, each episode, you know, you go through, what, maybe, like, eight, nine stages apiece. Um, I just... I got through all of episode one and I didn't realize because like the, the original game, you just had the one episode, if you want to mm-hmm. call it that. So you had like nine stages that you yeah. go through and that was basically it. And there's different things you could do to, to increase replay value, things that you could do differently throughout the playthrough to uh, make it a little bit more different. But this one uh, it just kind of has you go through these, these specific episodes where things are different, a little bit harder um, as you go through it, basically from what I saw, the same levels, um, but they're just more challenging. Okay. Uh, it is, it's much harder than the first game. Uh, the first, <laughs> yeah, the first couple levels were, were pretty easy. And then I, you know, once you get halfway through that first episode, like it starts ramping up and it's like, oh my gosh, it's just that, you know, like something stupid happens and you die, you fall down a pit and I'm just yeah. kind of like, what the hell? Like, does it still on. have the, like the difficulty? <laughs> Cause the first one, I like, I suck at these type of games. So I played it on, I don't even know what it was called, but like, it basically gives you infinite lives or whatever. Yeah. So there's still, yeah, there's, there's a uh, veteran, which is like your, your, typical, your classic. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's uh, maybe they just call it casual, I guess, where I you casual, don't take, yeah. yeah, you don't take any knock, like you don't get knocked back from hits Yeah, and uh, you have infinite lives. So there's really no penalty if you die or whatever. Um, it's pretty, pretty lax, but uh, going into episode two, I will probably be playing on on casual going forward just because like, you know, stupid stuff happens. You take a hit, you get knocked back, you fall down a pit and then all of a sudden you're you're down a character. Yeah. Um, And then whenever you lose a character, you lose the ability to to get certain shortcuts or you lose advantages against certain enemies, things like that. So it's it's a real pain uh, when when someone dies. So, um, yeah, to get through the rest, I might put it on casual and just, uh, you know. Um, just to try and get through because, man, that game is pretty rough. Um, I have also been playing some some uh, retro games. I posted on Twitter, I dusted off my Super Nintendo. Uh, so I've been kind of playing around with some, some classic games and uh, even got into doing a Super Mario World ROM hack, uh, trying to get into like some of the Kaizo stuff, which are just insane difficult uh rom hacks of super mario world Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm playing kind of like a tutorial kaizo game uh and even that's extremely difficult like even just learning to play kaizo is very very tough um but it's 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 fun like there but there's stages that i've spent an hour plus on just trying to uh nail the mechanics it's very tight um you know, the, the controls are very tight, and I think in other Kaizo games, they might not be as tight um, to, to nail some of these things. You know, it, it'll all vary from ROM hack to ROM hack. But, right. Uh, and then I also, was it, I think it was just last night, yep. I was streaming a uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past randomizer, uh, which I haven't done in a while. So I was playing some of that. Started off pretty slow. Uh, but once I found certain progression items, things really started to speed up. And uh, I ended up 
getting to a point where I was just tired, so I had to kind of call it in the middle. But I'm at the point now where uh, I have pretty much all that I need to be able to finish the game. I just need to get through a couple more dungeons, get the crystals that I need to open up uh, mm-hmm. Ganon's Tower. And so it's it's uh, kind of a, a, a boss rush mode at this point. And any, any additional items I get aside, there's a couple that I need to, to be able to progress, but um, I'm, I'm nearing that, uh, that go mode, if you mm-hmm. will, in that, in that seed. So it, it's the only bummer about Link to the Past is that it's a bit of a longer play. Like uh, you get a Super Metroid rando that you, you might be able to complete in like an hour and a half, right. you know, something like that. Whereas this, um, you know, when you're playing Link to the Past, you're looking at maybe two and a half to three hours and and granted, I, I'm I'm rusty. It's been a while since I've done one of these. So, I mean, uh, my routing is probably way off from what you know one of the pros would sure, have done. Yeah. But but it's fun. I I really enjoyed playing that, and um, hopefully we'll be playing some more of those. Yeah, I, I caught I caught a bit of your your because you were streaming it there, and I, uh, I I was watching it on my break at work, and I was hoping to, to sneak in and watch a little bit more, but I wasn't <laughs> able to get back to it. But I'd definitely watch it again. Mm-hmm. And then uh, lastly, I finished Yakuza 0. Nice. And I'm starting Yakuza Kiwami. I'm in Chapter 4 of that. So it's I, I'm really glad I played 0 first. Um, yeah. And just kind of getting that backstory going into this game. Because I feel like it really makes you care about some of the characters a little totally. bit more going into it. And it's just kind of like... Um, you know, it, it maybe changes the perspective you may have had if you just jumped right into uh, Kiwami. Yeah, like so. it it provides, that's how I played it too. And I, I've heard of people saying, oh, just start with one because Zero came out. But I'm like, yeah, but Kiwami is like a remake. Like they remade that game. I don't know how much they added compared to the PS2 game, but like they, they I'm pretty sure there's quite a few nods from certain storylines that were, in zero that were created after the fact um and but even like zero like you you split right um i don't want to go spoiler topic you you play as kiru and you play as majima and majima is um just as big of a character in uh the yakuza series as kiru is and you you kind of get some more insight of to his arc and his him as a character and his development on why he's because like Majima is like this crazy guy in this series but like when you first meet Majima in Zero he's a he's a different guy right so it's mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting seeing his experiences and how how that turned him into kind of what he is uh, in in the later games so. Yeah, like oh, if I were to if I would have just started with this, I'd be like, oh my god, this Majima guy again. Like, yeah, he's, he's such a turd. Like, <laughs> totally. oh, like, but like after having played uh, Zero, I'm like, like you I, I understand. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I understand him and what he's been through, and um, so yeah, it definitely makes makes me like him a lot more, and it makes me understand why he's such a wild card yeah. the way that the way that he is. Totally. So. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely glad I, I played that and I'm, I am like in, uh, like in Kiwami so far and 
I, I there's so many games in the series though, and I want I now want to play them all. Yeah, and it's just going to be my life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's going to be so hard trying to fit that because uh, they're not short games. I mean, no. zero zero was long, and it, and I guess from what I understand is that that's maybe the longest game. Oh, of totally. Them all. It took me. I think I put like thirty five. Mm hours maybe 40 hours into zero whereas i only put in 18 20 in kiwami and i put like 12 or 15 into kiwami too so mm -hmm. much shorter experiences for sure yeah and it, it and it does depend on like I, I i guess i haven't talked to you since you've beat them like did you end up kind of staying on the main path or uh, like did you dabble into side quests or I did, but it got to a certain point where I'm like, okay, like, because I know there's a lot of people that really like the side quests and they just really weren't doing anything for me. And some, it it was, it was just kind of the same. Like you listen to this person's problem and then you go fight somebody and then you go back (laughs) and maybe it's over or (laughs) yeah, right. Punks. (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, maybe you, you you go back to them and then you have to fight someone else and then you continue. And then some of them were just straight up like fetch quests. So I'm like, I'm just not really seeing the excitement. in yeah. me. So I just I got to a point where I'm like, I'm just I'm just mainline in this game. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, you know, probably what I'll do for the majority of of Kiwami. I do like that Kiwami is a little bit more. uh it takes the RPG mechanics in more of a classic direction. Totally, like I'm, yeah. I'm getting experience, which is leveling up me up and giving me skill points that I can apply into, like I can use very directly into uh, skills that I want. Whereas zero was you have to earn money and then you use the money to unlock skills. But then a bunch of them were locked and I never unlocked most of them or I never had enough money uh, to to be able to actually buy the skills because they got so expensive. Whereas in this, like, uh, so far, like, I've already gotten a bunch of skill points. I've I've dumped a ton into, like, HP, trying to get, like, mm-hmm. attack bonuses and stuff like that. And then, obviously, there's the one fighting-style dragon, which is pretty much useless at the start because you can't really... It, it seems very weak, or, or the skill set is very small. Um so it can't be used maybe as well as some of the other ones. It, um, it definitely develops more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they definitely they've they've set that up very clearly on on how it will develop, uh, which I kind of kind of like the way that it ties in because yeah. it's all focused around Majima. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I am kind of looking forward to to leveling that up and and getting those interactions with Majima. Totally, and. The, th- the the thing I've noticed, like, I've only played three Yakuza games, and but what's interesting is they all kind of have their own, like, they're, they're all set in different time periods. Like, mm. it's in the 80s, right, in the first game. Um, I think Kiwami, when was that set? Like, is that late 90s? So it starts you off in 95, right. and then you have that 10-year time lapse. Yes. Yeah. So then it puts you in 2005. Yeah. And then that's when the game, basically when those games came out is kind of when it's taking place and stuff. But it's kind of cool because it's not, Kamarucho is not, uh, or even the other place, they're not big areas to explore. There's lots of tight little alleyways and, and corridors and everything like that. But it's the same map pretty much every game. But what's cool is they... I shouldn't say that like the other 
six and I think four or five, like you go to some different areas, but it's cool seeing how they evolve, like, uh, especially zero, right. Cause there's a, a very important piece, uh, in mm-hmm. the environment that, that relates to the, the, the plot. Um, and that is now a significant point of interest in Kiwami yeah. that is a completely different, like it, it totally changed that whole set. Like it, it did. It, yeah. Like it's kind of cool seeing how the map evolves as like time passes and stuff like that. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad you gave it a chance. Cause I knew it would be a game that's up your alley. Cause you, <laughs> you like JRPGs. And even though this, it's kind of a brawler, like I, I yeah, Kiwami definitely has more RPG elements. Uh, you know, I, I, I've only played like five hours of three, um, I really need to get on that remaster collection, but yeah, it's so tough. Cause I three, four, five, six, um, you know, seven, like a dragon, even though it's a, a new character and everything, um, it's still in that world. And then there's judgment, which is also a different character, but it's also in the same universe and everything. Like it's, a, it's such a huge franchise. So I, I'm just kind of like, I'm picking at it at my pace, um, you know, I, I started three this year and then moved on to other things, but they're always going to be there when I'm looking for that kind of style of game. So at any rate, like I said, I'm, I'm glad that you, you played it. Now I can, once you get <laughs> through this one and, and start on two, two's the freshest in my memory. Um, so it'll be great to like have someone to talk about it because I literally <laughs> don't know anyone else uh, who plays it. So awesome. All right. Well, let's wrap up the show. Question of the week. I forgot to post the question of the week on our Twitter because it was a little bit weird. I was two episodes ago, our last regular episode where I posed Mm -hmm. the question and then we did the Last of Us review and then the spoiler cast. And so I was so caught up with all of that that I forgot to post it. So I will ensure to post it when this episode goes live. So you'll have lots of time to answer the question. Um, So the question is, with the year half over, what has been your favorite games released so far? So answer over on our social medias, um, on Twitter at games are fun pod, or you can email us at contact at games are fun podcast.com. This is a great little spot to plug that we have a discord server. Now we got like 26 people on there. Majority are kind of funny, best friends. Um, yeah, I see the thing with discord is you can have an invite link, but the invite links expire. So I post the link to the discord like I, I need to look into how to make that accessible to put in the show notes but um, the best way is to just dm us on twitter at games are fun pod and we can send you an invite link to the discord server uh, we have things like just a general game discussion there's a, a channel for you to promote your own content if you're a streamer on twitch you can just put your twitch when you're going live um and it, it's a pretty small group of people right now. And I think it'd be a great way to kind of create some dialogue between everybody. And, you know, we've had some little discussions on there already, which have been really cool. And I think it's a, a good way to kind of start connecting with you guys more. Cause I know that like, we don't do crazy numbers of listens, but there's, there's a bunch of you that listen to the show. I don't know who a lot of you are and it would be great to kind of have this little th- place where we can kind of talk about things and then yeah the question of the week will be posted there um and so 
yeah, uh, D- DM us at Games Are Fun Pod if you want more information on how to join that. All right, that concludes this episode of Games Are Fun. Adam, where can people reach you? Uh, I'm on Twitter and uh, Twitch at Adam Palooza85. You can follow me on Twitter at Luke Allen Arm and twitch.tv slash Luke the Llama. And like I said, follow the show on Twitter at Games Are Fun Pod. Go over to facebook.com slash Games Are Fun Podcast. Uh, if you have any email, if you want to email us, you can reach us, like I said, contact at Games Are Fun Podcast.com. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you all next week.